This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. G'day, welcome aboard the Starship Zero G, science fiction, fantasy and historical radio for episode number 1226, entitled The Oscars and the Soscars. Our podcast title is Russian Pod, all of which will become immediately obvious to you. Well, maybe not immediately. I am Rob Jan. And Megan McHugh. And thank you to Kick Like a Girl, who was before us. Yes. And especially Susan Alberti as a Doggies fan. I was very happy to see her in the studio today. I like Doggies too, usually. um, uh, Which team are the Doggies, by the way? Which team? Yeah. Western Bulldogs. Okay, that makes sense. Actually, I, I knew someone who was a Western Bulldogs fan. Um, with me, it's like Lockjaw. Actually, Lockjaw was a kind of a big bulldog. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Tight. Yeah, there you go. Sports and here on Zero G. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, speaking of beasties, SpaceX's Dragon capsule has made it into orbit. Now, if you've been following, if you're a space hipster, you will know that this is a crew-capable space capsule being launched on the Falcon 9 Heavy rocket. This is all Elon Musk's company, SpaceX, Mm -hmm. and basically there have been no way of getting um, American... Uh, spaceships up to the uh, International Space Station until now. Now, this is a a crew capsule, so that means it's capable of carrying a crew up there. Mm. Uh, In this case, they're testing it, so it didn't actually carry a human being. It did carry a mannequin called um, Ripley. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Ripley in orbit, that will end well. Nice. (laughs) It always does. Uh, And they've successfully docked with the ISS. So this is all automatic. And and this is such an elegant space system. The the Falcon um, launch vehicle doesn't just crash into the ocean. Uh, Well, it's not supposed to anyway. Um, (laughs) Or anything like that. It can come back down and land and be reused. Landing on uh, one of the... um, the robot space barges that mm. they have. Do you think it's strange, not strange, but eyebrow-raising mm. that a private company exists that's doing... I don't know, it just feels all very like getting into Skynet territory, I don't know. Uh, for me, it doesn't it's because... It's a conversation, isn't it? That I it just it's a huge conversation. When I, as uh, as a, a nipper... To me, there was a lot of uh, commercial space flight in science fiction, yeah. especially in Robert Heinlein's work. So we expected it to That's be commercialised. There was a lot of, um, you know, Destination Moon and so on. There's lots of um, two-fisted engineers mm. and companies and stuff. And, and, I mean, I guess you can say, like, doing things for profit or as a private, you have certain weak spots, but I guess government-run, there's different kinds of weaknesses to that model as well right well so. if you're running if you're running like if you're running the space program as a propaganda exercise mm. against the russians back in the uh, well ex- exactly uh, that's a profit too yeah you know, so, so it's i mean political isn't really removing itself no, from that spectrum no. so anywho I, I do love the names of the barges that they, they've got um, mr must specifically had them called uh, barge number one is just read the instructions and barge number two is of course i still love you 
Now, he's named these in that tradition of Ian Banks' mm. science fiction novels where the ships name themselves. Yeah. And I just love the fact that they're, they're, they're called that. <laughs> Ian Banks passed away in uh, 2013, of course, died from of, of cancer. So it's kind of a little bit of a tribute there. But this is amazing. You know, the the, um, the, the, the pictures of of the Dragon capsule docking, it's so 2001. Yeah. These things that open up. and oh. It looks – I mean, the design of it is interesting, I think. It looks very – I mean, it's very white. That's my first thought. A lot of spaceships are because they show up better for a start. Mm. Um, plus there's like thermal um, control Bits reasons and, and stuff. But the, the, uh, not only did they have Ripley aboard, they had... Uh, um, Cat replica? <laughs> uh, well, they have a zero-G um, uh, test article, oh. which is basically, in this case, was a, it was a plush planet Earth with little arms. So that <laughs> when it... Because it's hard to tell, you know, on the camera, something has to float so yeah. you know that you actually achieved that. <laughs> Russians do that too. They have their little plush toys and... <laughs> Things. A they world think, with arms. <laughs> yeah, they just—it's just fun. Yeah. But yeah, so the uh, the next part of that will be to um, world domination. <laughs> no, no, for um, a Bond villain to intercept it on the way down or something like oh, that. Oh no. yeah. The next part of it is to bring the capsule down safely after that, which doesn't land on the barge. That's a, a, an ocean splashdown. Mm. So a little bit different. Cool. So, yeah, it's just it's so co- it's such a complicated thing to do. It's very interesting that technologies that is in a space now where that is possible that you know mm. people can just be working on these things and get them up and running yeah. in orbit well not orbit you know whatever the term is it's not easy but it's, but it's done so yeah i'm so excited <laughs> all right now um you have some information oh to yes i just too. had a few little tidbits that i thought i'd drop in because we're talking about a few different fun topics today i know captain marvel will be out very soon um, and I did see that as the the aforementioned, look at me doing this segue, Western Bulldogs women's team, uh, they had some special Captain Marvel Guernseys. Uh, I saw that on their social media. I thought that was pretty cool. And I think that's all tied in Marvel Stadium, all of that. You know, there's a crossover of worlds, Rob. I really feel like... Well, I, after our discussion about that recently, I got online and I had a look at the um, the store, mm. the merch store down there. Yeah, of course, and you know, cross-promotion. Look, there wasn't a whole lot there that I haven't seen before already. Oh, no. I would doubt it. Already had, <laughs> in, the, in the case of the Iron Man stuff. It was just a replica of, like, your home, like, looking at the images of the store. Or maybe one small section, anyway. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, it's fascinating sort of stuff. It's not the first time they've done... Um, uh, Captain Marvel themed uh, sports outfits either. No, you sent me one from the ski the ski team? Winter Olympics. Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, the US ski team, of course. Very cool. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I really like times like that. I'm a bit of a sucker for that stuff. Um, I also, and this is tenuous, but it's just because I devoured it over the weekend. I wanted to just drop a little, uh, you know, mention on air, but I whipped through Dirty John, which is a based on a true story series that's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Doesn't fully fall under our directive, but the Walking Dead does play a part. So that's my tenuous link on that one. Pretty much watched that in one sitting <laughs> uh, based on a podcast. And I'm very into uh, those very interesting kind of usually newspapers will release them. They'll work. It's like another kind of investigative journalism and they'll investigate usually a murder um, or some kind of similar a horrible event and then uh, lay it all out narratively as a podcast, which I think is pretty cool. So the last thing I did just want to mention was I noticed that... Can you, can you roll back a bit there? Oh, yes, of course. Um, it's a television show, right? Based on a podcast. Based on a podcast. Yeah. 
That's how these things work now, Rob. My mind is boggling. Based on a series of articles that was in the LA Times, based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it can get a bit odd there. It's like based on a, a, a Minty's rapper joke that was put on. <laughs> I know. I mean, well, there, you know, isn't Pirates uh, based on a, a game. theme park yeah, ride? Theme park so ride. There you go. if you can make it work, you can make it work. Um, I noticed that Acme, there's a Women and Non-Binary Gamers Club, which I thought was pretty cool. Their next meetup is on the 8th of March. It's from 6pm to 8pm and it is free. And it's sort of like a book club for video games, which I think is really awesome. And the next one that they're doing on the 8th is Florence, which is a little app game. And it's it's an interactive storybook is sort of how they're pitching it. And it's from the uh, designer of Monument Valley, which is a very Escher-based little um, gameplay that was also an app. So it's sort of a coming-of-age story about a young woman and her first love. It's really quite beautiful. Um, it's a little interactive, lots of music elements and stuff. So they'll be discussing that on the 8th. I thought that was pretty cool. You can head to the Acme website and look up details for that. And then they've got um, notes on other games they're doing in their future. So, thought I'd give that a mention as well. Escher, huh? So, yeah, I think you quite like it actually. You could, it's iPad app as well. Yeah, um, it's sort of a little puzzle game. You've got to get from one end to the other, but all of the puzzles have the very a very Escher-like uh, structure. And the colours and design is just very whimsical and it's a really it's got a nice soothing soundtrack. It's a lovely game. There's two iterations. I've played Monument Valley one. I believe there's a second one which I haven't played, so Which means that you could also with the Asher thing, you could also go off and see the exhibition at the NGV. Yes, which I have you been to it? I've been along. No, not yet. I, I must get to it before it closes too. I highly recommend it. I thought because uh, it's a, a um collaboration and I just thought it was really cool. Mm. Um and there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Escher was much more prolific than what I'd thought. And what he's famous for is such a small segment of, like, some amazing work, like the mind of that man. And also highly relevant to genre cinema, for example, um, Labyrinth uh, and The Name of the Rose. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, some of his others. visual stuff as well. I mean, he incorporated a lot of um, kind of some interesting elements. I think you'd actually really quite enjoy it. So. Mm. Well, let's have a, a bit of a track here to prep us for the next little bit. And this will be a track from uh, the Black Panther soundtrack album by, composed by Ludwig Göransson. And this is just Wakanda. Hi, this is Richard E. Grant, and you're listening to Triple R. Cheers and chin chin. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just doing a cozy click there. Uh, Wakanda, Ludwig Göransson from the Black Panther original score, the Oscar-winning mm. Black Panther score. I um, know we talked about the Oscars last week as they were rolling out, so we didn't want to spoil them. Yes. But this week we, we can do that. <laughs> exactly. Ryan Coogler's Black Panther was the standout science fiction genre film at this year's Oscars. It's the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie to be nominated in the Best Picture category. Um, it did not win, but winging their way back to Wakanda uh, awards for best original score. And uh, Ludwig Goransson is a long-term co-worker with Ryan Coogler, and this was um, his first nomination, and also the first nomination and win for a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie in this category. Mm-hmm. Um, best production, in fact. Um, I don't think there's ever been a superhero movie nominated in Best Picture category. 
not even Superman, the movie, or uh, no. or even any of Christopher Nolan's. No, lines. none of the. I don't oh. think. Oh. I'd have to check. I'd have to check. Oh, on I'm going to look that up. To the back computer. I think if any of them, it would have been one of the Nolan. Yeah, but none others. Uh, none others, I believe, unless you want to count. Um, Lord of the Rings is uh, containing superheroes, which in a way it does. I was going to say, like, there has been genre like we, Lord of reaching. the Rings being We're reaching in there. there. We're reaching. Anyway, uh, they won Black Pant for one best production design uh, for Hannah Beachler. Um, I believe Hannah is the first African American to win that award, um, although this wasn't her first time in the Oscars pit. <laughs> um, but, uh, and Ruth E. Carter was also in there for best costume for Black Panther, best costume. Which we had said uh, as said. we were discussing, we were like, yeah. we really, our, our money's on that and we really hope and want that. And again, that wasn't her for, um, uh, that wasn't her first time in, in it. Um, she had uh, Malcolm X and uh, Amistad before nominations. Actually, it was the first time for Hannah uh, Beachler, sorry, get that confused a bit there. Um, and, and, you know, best produ- production design and costumes, obviously, because uh, we're just Incredible glorious. world, yeah. So they've, that's a core part of building that look and yeah. feel. I have Marvel's The the Art of um, Black Panther, the book. Oh, cool. And the, the work in that is just dazzling. Black Panther was nominated overall in seven categories, apart from the ones I've already mentioned. They also were up for Best Original Song, Sound Editing and Sound Mixing. It was not to be, but, you know. And Avengers Infinity War was also nominated in Best Visual Effects as well. Uh, Did not win any of those, but... That's the way it goes sometimes. Now, Dark Knight did get Best Sound Editing and obviously Best Supporting Actor for Heath Ledger. It was nominated for a bunch of other awards like Sound Mixing, Film Editing, Production Design, Cinematography and Visual Effects and Mm -hmm. Best Makeup. So it got a slew of nominations. I think that's probably the only notable... A lot of them do get uh, nominated in visual effects. And, and sometimes and even the mixing and et- sound mixing and editing. But, but, um, but never nominated for a Best Picture. Before, no, which no. is which is kind of to do. I think there's a little bit of politicking going on there. There was going to be a most popular picture Oscar. Yeah, yeah, but that sort of fell by the way. I mean, it's interesting. Like with Shape of Water winning Best Picture last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's firmly kind of a genre story. It's not superhero. I'd forgotten about. But that. it's a closer step towards not just you know. Yeah. Certain types of movies winning, mm. we hope, maybe. Uh, we'll but, see. but this year's um, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse mm. definitely won Best Animated Feature yeah. outright against some really tough competition from Isle of Dogs and Incredibles 2. Yeah. And uh, Mirai and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Actually, a really strong field. I mean, Isle of Dogs, I think, is a, a lovely animation achievement, really. Mm, yeah. um, so it's kind of a shame those those guys were up in the same year, but... That's it. It's a dogfight. Mm, exactly. Spiders won out this time. Uh, and also Captain America, Chris Evans got to present the Production do- Design Award for Aww. Black Panther. So I thought That's that was great. pretty cool. And then there's Trevor Noah, who was uh, presenting. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, he gets the award for the funniest joke that no one got. <laughs> So this is like uh, Trevor Noah, the Daily Show host. So he presented, um, he was doing a Best Picture nominee, you know, so he did talk about Black Panther. And uh, he teased about um, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So this is what he had to say, Trevor Noah. Maybe an African hero, but his story and his appeal are universal. Uh, I don't... Nope, we might need to do that in a minute. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
Oh, we'll, come, we'll come back to that. It helps if I plug it in, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Actually, Just fill for time and I'll actually, sort it out. <laughs> I could still hear that. I know, because it was playing through my speakers. It was, yeah. But anyway, uh, clearly sound editing and sound design are not... Um, we're not strong on not, those today. We're not strong on those today. Uh, I don't have to fill for time. There's plenty of other things <laughs> to talk about. I was, I was thinking about um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse when, and when we saw that animated film this year, even though we'd ha- I'd actually seen um, Isle of Dogs and so on, uh, there, it was clearly the standout animated film. There's so much in it that is completely in- innovative mm. and also at the same time managing to serve the purpose of the the weird sort of origin sources of, of munging together, which is actually a real word now, munge. It's in the dictionary, munging <laughs> together the, the various multiverses of Spider-Man's oh, It was aspects. artful, absolutely artful. Mm. And Bob, Bob Perchetti, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rotham, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller won the award for that. Um, all right, Trevor Noah, we're queued up, we're ready. Let's hear what he had to say as he introduced Black Panther. Black Panther, maybe an African hero, but his story and his appeal are universal. I know this personally because of all the people who constantly come up to me and say, Wakanda forever. (laughs) Everywhere in the world, my African friends are like, Wakanda forever. In France, I've had people say, hello, Trevor Noah, you say Wakanda forever, no? Even backstage, Mel Gibson came up to me like Wakanda forever. He said another word after that, but the Wakanda part was nice. Growing up as a young boy in Wakanda, I would see King T'Challa flying over our village and he would remind me of a great Kosa phrase, which means in times like these we are stronger when we fight together than when we try to fight apart. This is Best Picture nominee, Black Panther. And he said that straight and nobody laughed because no one speaks Kosa in the audience mostly, I guess. But what he really said... (laughs) Because <laughs> it's been translated, <laughs> is white people don't know I'm lying. <laughs> Good on him. Love that. Sort yeah, of stuff. that was. A, I liked that. An lot. Easter egg for people, yeah. <laughs> basically in the know. All right, so yeah, I was pretty stoked. I didn't watch any of the Oscars. No, say. look, even as someone who was a big Oscars fan, my interest ebbs and flows and it was but in a... The not. problem is, of course, it's now all available afterwards to yeah. catch up and so you don't have to sit through the whole thing. I also didn't feel... Yeah, anyway. It was nice seeing Chris Evans being very gallant yeah. and helping someone up to the stage. Oh, you know. What a gent. Yeah, I just wonder if they, like, pre-positioned him. <laughs> put Evans there, put Evans there. You know, he'd be nice. And, yeah. He's chivalrous. He's, yeah. cap- he's Captain yeah, he America. He has to be. Uh, he's gone to the dark side now for all cap. Oh, yeah. He's in the comic books. He's in um, prison at the moment <gasps> for the murder of General Thunderbolt Ross. Mm. Um, didn't do it, of course, but, uh, you know, and, and he feels like he has to because he's paying paying for the sin of uh, being replaced by uh, Captain America, doppelganger from an alternate universe. Ooh, a, does he have, like, a dark emo fringe? Like <laughs> No, no, he was a, a Hydra agent. Oh, oh like, yeah, you've mentioned this. Yeah, yeah. Captain yeah. Hydra. Oh, terrible stuff. Bad cap. Anyway, uh, away from that and to a more recent comic book, Mm -hmm. which also has implications from all of that sort of thing. Um, They've rebooted The Black Widow as a new comic book, a standalone title. And they have done done a power move here, I believe. It's uh, just come out. We've got number one and number two. They are Marvel Comics, of course. Um, 
It's written by Jen and Sylvia Soska, the Soska twins, or the um, what did what they what were they called Soska sisters, the Soska sisters, or the Demon Twins of Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was another um, appellation they got for a role that they did in. I think it was uh, American Mary, actually. Now Jen and Sylvia Soska, we've had them on Zero G before. They are horror maestros, wonderful directors and writers and creators of various horror movies. Delightful interviewees as well. Yeah. American Mary, Elevator, ABCs of Death, number two, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Classic. It actually is. Mm. And they are responsible for the Rabid remake. Um, And that will come out in due course. But they have also worked as writers for Marvel Comics. Um, They did a, a story about Night Nurse for Marvel's Secret Wars Journal number 5 back in 2015. On whom Claire is based on in Daredevil? Partly, yes. Partly. Uh, then a short story called The Ripley with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, they also worked on uh, a Deadpool story for the Avengers Halloween special. And they've also even written about Tony Stark at one stage. I remember he was in that one, I think. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, they get creds, prop points. Yeah. I, I, we've, we've actually <laughs> interviewed one of the writers who's who worked with Iron Man, or yeah. two of the writers. Uh, okay, so now they're doing the Black Widow character. Great choice, I think, as well. Like, I mean, it seems so basic, but also having, like, two kick-ass women write the story of a kick-ass yes. woman seems to make sense. Yes, absolutely. Uh and uh, Nat was killed, actually, in um, earlier mm. stories. So she's come back to life, of course. Great. They never really did. They never really did. Uh, the artwork here is by Flaviano, which is short for Flaviano Amentaro, who's a Roman-based... Uh, sorry, a Rome-based um, uh, artist who's worked on Infinity Warps, Power Man and Iron Fist, I Am Groot, and the America Chavez comic book as well mm. for Marvel. Uh, and the artwork in this is very strong. Once you get past the so sad couple of uh, blacked out pages in memoriam of Stanley. Oh, that's moment. nice though. Uh, Tribute. Yeah, the the artwork is suitably dark. Um, you feel like the Black Widow is operating at night at all times. You actually wonder if she ever goes out in the daylight. Mm. And basically, Matt, Nat, sorry, Matt, Nat is uh, not not battling Matt. This is. <laughs> This is uh, Nat, Natasha Romanoff. This is the Black Widow. She is recovering from being dead, but she's also Fair recovering enough. from being with the Avengers too much. Yes. Um, where she has to put up with people telling her, no, Nat, you can't kill that evil villain. Mm. She's saying, but he's going to come back. Well, because she's a bit rogue. <laughs> well, not rogue, but a little more... Uh, she makes the hard choice. Vengeancy yeah. than some of the others. Yeah. And, and, and Cap is on a case about, you know, in a, in a, in a nice Steve Rogers way. Of course it's of Steve course Rogers. It's nice, He's not yeah. going to be bullying or misogynistic. No. It's Steve Rogers. He might mansplain a little. I could see that from Steve. Can Cap, Cap-splain, basically. Yeah, I could see him a little. Uh... But, um, and, and actually it was her, she was killed by the, uh, the bad Cap. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so uh, well, she wants... Got issues. <laughs> she needs to go off and unleash her winner, inner vengeance demon, basically, yeah. and, and um, do some of the things. <laughs> so she flies to Madripoor, which is one of those Marvel nations that's very conveniently located if they want to use it. It's a bit of a, right. a port city. It's an island sort of thing. Um and there are slums, but it's basically an evil city. Oh. 
anything goes there, an open sort of city. Oh. So it's just the sort of place <laughs> that the Black Widow would thrive yes, in. Yes, I can see the type of story that we're building here. So she disguises herself up, um, which in this case means putting an eye patch on her left eye. <laughs> <laughs> It worked before in uh, oh it worked for uh, Wolverine when he went there once. <laughs> and when she gets there, she runs into a game oh. world oh. called NRP, No Restraints Play. Ooh. This is live streaming of of uh, torture, and, and you pay for it to be inflicted upon people. Oh my god! You know, though, I reckon that happens now. It's, it's I, so I certainly hope not. Out of hand. I suspect it probably does. Um, it reminds me a little bit of uh, a Batman um, spin-off novel called Batman versus the Ultimate Evil, mm-hmm. where he's um, going after uh, child exploitation villains. Uh, and this is this does involve some of that too. It's yeah, a, that's dark. A, it's a very dark, very strong story. Um, pulls no punches. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a credit to the Soskers. Um, I think they've created something here um, that that actually I'm surprised. This should actually be a Marvel Max title almost. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot in there. Yeah, there's a lot in there, and it could easily be that. And I do wonder if they should have um, unleashed them even more and, uh, and let them just do a Marvel Max. But I don't know if actually doing those anymore. Anyway, um, neither here nor there. It's it's brilliantly um, illustrated. And when I say that artwork is dark, I don't just mean thematically. I also mean in the tones as well. Yeah, right. Um, but it, the um, the artist is very good at the uh, Scuro, <laughs> um where uh, the dark and the light come into play. Mm. So he'll do that that that, that classic shot of um, lighting someone from beneath. Yeah, nice. To get that atmospheric sort of thing. Uh, and he, he does nicely nicely with um, Nat's hair too. <laughs> is she redhead? For yeah, of this? course she is. Yeah. She's disguised, but she hasn't changed her she hair colour. She changes all the time in the Avengers movies. Mm, yeah. Oh, this is just first-rate comic book writing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's to their credit. They're, they're, they've been able to develop into that area. And look, I think after the, after the Rabbit movie comes out and more than likely proves to be a, a fine piece of filmmaking... Mm. Somewhere down the track, mm. I reckon the MCU people, Kevin Faye, etc., would would be well advised to have a think. Maybe in the future, maybe for the second Black Widow movie or, or something like that down mm. the track, maybe we could get the Soskers to direct it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's a Black Widow one, then they could both be in the Red Room as well because they act as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Know, yeah. Uh, anyway. So that's that for that. Uh, highly recommended if you're a Black Widow fan. This takes her in a, an old new direction. All right. So, and there are two issues out, by the way, and I got them at uh, All Star Comics in Melbourne. All right. Now, the next um, track we'd like to play, uh, I think we'll play a track to celebrate Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse's um, win. This is uh, Daniel Pemberton doing the score, Break Down the House. Hi there, I'm Jen Saska. And I'm Sylvia Saska. And, and we're, we're the Twisted Twins. And you're listening to Zero G on 3 Triple RFM. Did you love it? Was it good for you too? Heck yeah. <laughs> ah, the Saskas there. And that was Break Down the House. I think it's the second track that cues off of that from the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack album, Daniel Such Pemberton. A good movie. Yeah, isn't the score? It's coming out on DVD too. 
No. The score is off awesome too. All right, or amazing. I think that's actually the better word to use in yeah. terms of Spidey Man. Spidey Man. All right, uh, now um, just wanted to have a, speaking of comic books, um, mm-hmm. this is a comic book that um, you didn't know that you wanted, but you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have anyway. And now, you're gonna have a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which you may know ended many years ago uh, after seven seasons and then they started doing comics with Dark Horse. Very quickly after. Very quickly after and they did what they called like um, you know Buffy season eight nine yeah, seven, whatever yeah. they were for a while so each year would correspond with a, an additional season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm. where we got to see her progression over time. And it definitely went it was interesting I, what, I read the first few mm-hmm. i kept up to date for a little while and then i ha- i'm very not caught up like i've not engaged with the buffy comic for many years there was stuff in there oh they also did angel as well yes uh, yep. spin-off angel and so on but there were there were things in there like the giant dawn mecha robot <laughs> so really taking advantage of the medium of comics in that you can kind of do whatever you want then there was team slayer which was uh, thousands of slayers uh, and uh, Buffy going to war with the forces of the Undark in a, in a big yeah. way. Yeah. You know, so there's all sorts of different things there, as well as a lot of mundane things of how Buffy gets on in the world outside of Sunnydale. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Xander becoming a uh, building contractor, and you know, all these sorts of fascinating things that they did. Anyway, that's over now because Dark Horse has handed the the stake on. Mister Pointy is now in the hands of Boom Studios. Oh. Uh, different, completely different studio. Known for their um, various properties license, basically. They like to okay. do a lot of licensed stuff from spin offs of movies and, yeah. and television shows. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China is one of theirs, I think. Oh, okay. uh, they did some Planet of the Apes ones. Cool. And even some crossovers with IDW's properties. So, you know, they will, they will sort of boost these things up. Now, we, we know about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer television show reboot, which hmm. um, was was booted around in stylish but affordable boots in 2018 uh, and that may still be going ahead um i just don't want it to well yeah so but here here you are in a comic book form Mm. maybe you don't maybe that's Mm. just if you see this i could see the same thing because the comic books have established their own 20 year presence yeah yeah so this is new what they've actually done is rebooted buffy in this so from the start from the start uh sunnydale high school oh that's strange it's a very odd idea let's take one of the comics to have a look at (laughs) i'll hold it up to the mic here interesting all right all right so uh it's written by uh geordie belair who we know as a, a a very fine colorist um amongst other things but she's also a writer she did batman's secret files uh, Flash Gordon uh, and a horror comic called Redlands, amongst other things. Dan Mora is the penciler for these issues. Uh, he did DC Meets Hanna Barbera, worked on that. Another cross license sort of thing. Um, and Hulk and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in comic book form. And also a lot of WrestleMania kind of things as well back in 2017. Um, now, Basically, they'd go back to Sunnydale High and everybody has new adventures there. Um, the emphasis on the characters has changed. Okay. 
uh, you'll immediately start noticing variations in it. Um, like what? Oh, I want to know, but I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. it's. I found it quite fascinating to see it again. The mm. artwork is um, – I actually like the artwork here uh, initially better than the some of the um, Buffy artwork was along along the way. Although there's certainly some standout artists amongst that too. Um, so you'll get the same characters doing some of the similar things, but it's not all the same. Huh. Yeah. Little Easter egg in there. Yes. It's quality work. There's no doubt about that. Um, look, if you don't want to go there, don't. Mm. You know? Mm. But there are some things that play differently in 2019 than in the 1990s. So I was going to say this is a now thing. It is a now Buffy. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure how to feel about this. Yeah. Look, I tried to look at upon it, look, read it as, uh, on its own merits. Um, on its own merits, this is a fine teen angst series mm. that happens to involve vampire slayers. Mm. So if you are coming to this fresh, yeah. But if you're an old Buffy mm. fan, you might not be able to overcome your objections. But I he- I'm here to say that the work in here is quality to yeah. start with. Okay. Um, whether or not you you go you don't want to go there that 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 remains i I believe yeah and Uh, you've read the first two i've read the first two and i'm going to stick with it just to see how it develops oh i'm not sure i'm conflicted and i'm a buffy tragic (laughs) (laughs) well i just feel so closely tied to the nostalgia of the original series like that's probably that has meant a lot to me as a series well, um, well, here I am. I've read all of the um, and you're, the I mean, comics. Then again, yeah, you, you're better than me in that you've really kept on with it. But that could be why is that I feel this is very strong feeling towards the TV series, yeah. like as a unit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Oh, but how but interesting! How re- challenging! If they reboot the TV series; it'll be different again. Oh, I can't even. I, don't, I can't <laughs> even engage with that. I feel like there are a lot of people that are excited about this Babysitters Club Netflix series. Yeah. I feel conflicted about it. I don't like when they ruin my nostalgic childhood things. You know, I'm, I'm wondering what's next, the Funko Pop Buffy the Vampire Slayer animated don't, don't series? put any ideas out there, Rob, because it's, <laughs> Who knows? It, it's copyright information. Who knows what they're going to do? Well, let's, let's go, because we were talking about the Dragon X space uh, flight earlier on, yes. let's go into space with Dancing in Space with Mr Bowie for, for today. Must be bad guys. Hi, this is Joss Whedon, creator of Serenity, Buffy, and Angel. Welcome to New Melbourne, home of fish, fish-based activities, and Radio 3 Triple R FM. Triple R, it's independent radio, and it aims to misbehave. Ooh, that was a real toe-tapping yeah. song. I've got to stop. I've got feet off the floor. <laughs> Dancing in space with Mr. Bowie. Ugh, ugh. Like that one. Is that from the next album? I think it is. Next yes, day. The next day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, Russian Doll Netflix yes. series. Yes. Um, what is it? Eight eight episodes, and uh, it's a, what we call this comedy drama. Yeah. Um, created by Natasha Romanoff, no Natasha Leone, Amy Paula, and Leslie Headland. Uh, came out uh, start of February in that big. Burst of yes. new genre series. content. Yep, I'm still trying to catch up with all them. Umbrella Academy, I think, will be next for me. Yeah, I wonder. I haven't watched that either. Put that on the list. The three showrunners um, include the chief actress 
for this. Um, Natasha Leone is playing the main character, Nadia Volvakov, who's a um, software engineer. She's at a 36th birthday party and she dies. Happy birthday, (laughs) Nadia. Uh, But she comes back. And before you can say Groundhog Day, she's in a time loop. And that's just, that's really basically the premise of this quite remarkable little series, and it's a it's a gem, I reckon. Um, and it won't take you much long to go go through the whole eight episodes, the whole loop. Yeah, the whole loop. <laughs> now, look, this is a very very old premise. Um, mm. You know, you go back a very long way to eighteen ninety two, Christmas Every Day by William Dean Howes. Adapted for a film in 1996, but you know, uh, or 1904, The Defense of Duffer's Drift. Huh. You know, so that you go through these things. There's so many of these uh, time loop ones. It's it's a standard trope for science fiction shows. I was going to say there's generally a time loop episode. Star Trek Next Gen, uh, Red Dwarf, you know, it's endless. It actually is a loop in itself. Of course, Groundhog Day in 1993, um, Harold Ramis' movie. Uh, Run, Lola Run. Yeah. There's actually a time loop one. Um, Source Code, Duncan Jones, Mr. Bowie's son. Yes. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, of course, um, with uh, Tom Cruise and... Being reap, being uh, sequelized. Is it? Yeah, Emily, uh, Emily Blunt too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what if um, it's just the same movie but with bookends? Yeah, <laughs> saying that it's all one big time loop. There was a series that we watched really recently that had a mm. time loop episode. That, anyway, Happy Death Day. Oh yeah, as well. It's actually a decent horror movie. Is right? it? There's yeah, a second yeah. one, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Happy Death Day too is at the cinemas at the moment. <laughs> Okay, um, so yeah, they've, they've done this so many times. It's set in New York. Um, Nadia has a cat called Oatmeal, oh, which cute. figures into the narrative as well. She runs into a young man called Alan along mm-hmm. the way. Um, the mysterious stranger. The mysterious stranger. Um, and this uh, Natasha Leone, she's done a whole lot of stuff in um, all sorts of things, but her most prominent role is Nikki Nichols in Orange is the New Black. Um, and she also uh, was uh, played Jessica in the American Pie film series mm. as well. Now, she's been doing some writing and, and so on uh, and other bits and pieces and um, had a, a surreal um, f- short film called um, Cabra Charity Chastity. Um, so she's been working in this sort of creative field back, backwards and forwards like writer, director, actress and so on. And the role that she plays in this, she's on screen all the time uh, for these eight episodes and it's an astounding portrayal, I thought. It's mm. uh, incredible in its own way as um, Tatiana Maslany's portrayal of the 11 clones in um, Orphan Black, yeah. but in a different sense. You have to have a specific type of presence to pull off that kind of show yeah. as the title character, or as the lead yeah. role. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was an excellent show. It um, is maddening at times, mm. but, uh, you know, 
Natasha is, carries this role off so well that I never got bored with seeing her do the same thing. I was going to say, like, there is a risk to that because one episode looping, sure, a movie mm. length, sure. But eight? Eight episodes, that's ballsy. You get caught up in the loop procedural. Yeah. Um, and you literally live or die for her next death. Yeah. And they get pretty inventive along the way. Interesting. And pretty comic too. Okay. And then it starts getting complicated. I don't know what I thought this show was, but that's not it. No. Um, Oh, of course, The Good Place has a similar sort of vibe going with its early um, reincarnation experiments as they start off. And I remembered as well. It was Charmed that I was watching because I'm sad. Um, Yeah, interesting. All right, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, so only eight episodes, so you're in and out and you're gone. Um, oh, by the way, you know that zombie show that I was watching uh, on Netflix? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the two, South Korean it's, one. It's two seasons now, and oh. so it doesn't end conclusively, <laughs> but it ends with one hell of a twist. But only season one is available to you? Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. A really great zombie twist that I had never seen before, and it was an excellent one. So anyway, it got you hooked. It's got me hooked. But this one, back back to Russian Sorry, Doll. Russian Doll. Looping, doll, looping back to Russian Doll. Of course, it's a reference to Russian Dolls. Babushka Dolls. Yeah, so all of that sort of thing. Um, and the, uh, the, the meta story of the character as she, as she struggles through this whole process mm. is very interesting too. Yeah. Okay. I, I like the way they develop that. Yeah. Uh, and the ending is odd, but that's, this is zero G. It doesn't, it's not that odd okay. <laughs> for us. Uh, I almost felt like I was watching um, a good God, a, a, a Jodorowsky film. Interesting. At one stage. Oh, we should have played Babushka by Kate Bush as our song. Oh, well. Doesn't is matter. it Babushka or is it Mats, 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 Maybe Mats, I'm pretty sure it's Babushka as well. Yeah. Anyway. God, maybe we're being Mats, culturally uh, insensitive here. I'll just be Maybe quiet. I just can't <laughs> pronounce it. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, recommended. Oh, no. I think it is. It's the Babushka part is referring to an old woman or grandmother. Yeah. So not specific. So then I guess it's the grandmother doll. Anyway. In the, in the whole sequence, yeah. yeah. I always thought it was a ma, 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 Matsuma. Oh, well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Can't even pronounce that. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's on Netflix at the moment. Uh, hmm. And no cats were harmed in the production of this uh, time loop show. <laughs> um, I thought it was very clever too, that, that just the way that they, they – Managed to cycle it through without getting repetitive, but yet being repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're right. It's Matryoshka, mm. uh, and they're often erroneously. Oh gosh, I'm erroneous. Erroneously referred to as babushka dolls, which means grandmother. Is so that like felonious, felonious monk, erroneous maybe? <laughs> yeah, I know that could be my new like DJ on air name. <laughs> yeah. Now one of the things about this show is that they keep playing a song. They have a reboot song. So we're going to play that now, and it's um, called Gotta Get Up. It's by Harry Nilsson from his album Nilsson Schmilsson, and they just keep playing this song. Hello, this is Wendy Padbury. I played Zoe Herriot on Doctor Who and Sue Craig on Free Wheelers. You're listening to Zero G on 3 Triple R FM. Zero G? Well, I'm quite sure that doesn't add up. There we are. <laughs> Got to get up. Harry Nilsson from Nilsson Schmilsson, which is the, the reboot song from Russian Doll. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, I've never actually heard the whole song because it's just they just keep rebooting the first few verses. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Now that's about it for Zero G for today. So mm-hmm. Astral Glamour will be coming up next with Joe Brunetti. One of the things about the character of Nadia in um, Russian Doll is that she's uh, – New York-born character with a very strong accent that reminds me so much of um, Carol Kane's Lillian Kaustupa from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Ah. (laughs) I felt like I was listening to the same character, only younger. (laughs) Oh, and the flow-on sentences. We were talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics before. The flow-on sentences in in Russian Doll are... are delightful to listen to. Mm. There's stuff that I, I rewound to so I could hear the lines again. Okay. <laughs> so it's that kind of show. I actually kind of um, uh, blew into this on, on the back of um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt because I was looking for a new comedy show. Yeah. But it's only eight episodes. That's I know, and you're done now. So I could re loop. You could. I could. Actually, quite quite cheerful oh, because might, yeah. um, there's some split screen effects in it, and I'm a little bit not sure of exactly what was happening in some part. But then oh, I figured cool. I did figure it out last night before I came in. But I'm not going to tell you because it'll spoil it. No spoilers. No I spoilers. definitely want to watch it now. Okay. All right. Now uh, we're obviously coming up to Captain Marvel. Yes. Next week, um, I'll give you a general talk about that, um, but not. I won't do spoilers next week. Cause Give people some time to yeah, see yeah. it. I mean, what more do they need? They've got three whole days <laughs> and and a couple of days beforehand. That's true. It's like a week. But still, we I am, of do course, the right thing. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, well, what would Captain America do? Well. <laughs> um, in, in, in this case, actually, he'd want to know why who, who this other captain is. Yeah. That's right. She actually outranks him. She's a Colonel Danvers is um, oh, higher. And good on her. She's Air Force too. <laughs> anyway, uh, what would we go out with today? Um, I think I've been wanting to play this for a while. This is um, called Swan Song. It's from Alita Battle Angel. Yes. It's by Dua Lipa. And it is, of course, from the Alita Battle Angel um, uh, movie. The manga of which you've been reading. I have. I have. Um, and more complex it is than the, uh, the, the movie. But actually they've managed to cleave remarkably close. Good. To the manga. So that's, that's, uh, that's something I hadn't considered too much at the time. All right, that's it. And uh, thank you, Megan. Thank you, Rob. And Joe Brenetic coming up next with Astral Glamour. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.